0: All right, let me give you this 29-minute message. I want to talk about fear this morning. That's a great topic, facing our fears. So if we're going to go forward in the future that God has for us, He has a future. You're going to have to face your fears, okay? Now, the Bible talks about two kinds of fears. All right, one of them is a fear that everybody in this room needs to have in their heart. And I know that's sort of become an unpopular subject, but it's not an unpopular biblical subject. That's the fear of the Lord. Yeah. The fear of the Lord is a very important thing to have in your life. And, and one of the reasons I really believe in the fear of the Lord, uh, besides there's many Bible verses on it, and there's many benefits on the fear of the Lord, is uh, because the Holy Spirit... One of the works of the Holy Spirit in the last day would be the spirit of revelation, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. That's part of That comes from Isaiah 11. You know, and then in Revelation, it talks about those seven spirits that are mentioned in Isaiah 11. That in the last days, there's going to be a release. That the revelation of the Lord is going to be so powerful that the fear, people are going to really, truly begin to really fear the Lord. When we talk about fear of the Lord, I'm giving you just a couple things on the fear of the Lord. When we talk about the fear of the Lord, we're, not, we're talking about awesome awe and awesome honor for who God is and all He represents. That's what the fear of the Lord is, is honoring God and respecting God for who God really is. And the more you know the Lord, the more you'll fear the Lord. People who don't fear the Lord don't really know the Lord, or they've been very bad misled by bad Bad uh, teaching or whatever. But the Lord is going to release a fear of him by releasing the revelation of himself. Okay? Now, there's also an aspect of fear in the Lord's wrath. Not on us because we're not vessels of wrath. But God has a, a wrath side to him. That's clear from the scripture. And we have to respect that wrath and honor that wrath when God chooses to release that wrath into the earth. Now, I don't really know a lot about that. don't need to because I'm a vessel of mercy and so are you. But we really need to have, give God honor for who all He is. Uh, the fear of the Lord brings many blessings. I'll just tell you a few just to get, get you encouraged about it. Uh, it says that the beginning of wisdom in Proverbs 111, no, Psalms 111 verse 10, is the beginning of wisdom uh, leads to a good understanding. That's what the fear of the Lord is, a beginning of wisdom. It leads to, to wisdom, which and wisdom leads to a good understanding of life. Uh, It also, according to Proverbs 19.23, leads to life, rest, peace, and contentment. The fear of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Life, rest, uh, peace, and contentment. Uh, It's a fountain of life and provides security and a place of safety for us, according to Proverbs 14.26-27. And I wanted to put uh, Psalms 25 up there. I just personally like this one. It says, Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. Him. In other words, when we begin to have a righteous fear of the Lord, God will will begin to reveal things to us and begin to teach us about life and about whatever we need for him to teach us. He himself shall dwell in prosperity. Everybody in the room should jump up and say, I'm signing up for the fear of the Lord this morning because I want to live a prosperous life. And I'll tell you, if you ever want to know about the prosperity gospel that has such controversy in it, here it is. It's based in the, the true prosperity gospel. is based in the fear of the Lord. And his descendants shall inherit the earth. Uh, for every parent and grandparent in this room, uh, that's a good reason to fear the Lord. Is, that's the best legacy we can leave our... Our offsprings. The secret, listen to this, the secret of the Lord. How many want to know the secrets of God's heart? The things that's in God's heart that he wants to talk to somebody about. About what he's going to do. About what he's going to do about tomorrow. and About what he's going to do about all the things in the world today. God has things in his heart he's going to do. And he's looking for people that he can share them with. And the secrets of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. In other words, he will reveal how awesome the covenant of God is. And I tell you, when you get the revelation of the covenant of God, that'll, that in itself will have a big impact on you. One thing that I've discovered in my life about the fear of the Lord and about the other fear, which I'll call the dark fear, when we lack a fear of the Lord it opens the door for other fear. In other words, the world is full of fear. The world is plagued by fear. And one of the reasons it is is because the world doesn't have the fear of the Lord working. And when there's that empty space that God designed us to carry His fear in us, when that's gone, there's another fear that will attach itself to your heart and into your mind. So... Um, I wanted to read something, I'm switching over now, that was my message on the fear of the Lord, I could do a lot more on that, but I really wanted to talk to you about the dark fear, uh, but, and I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit, if you want to fear the Lord, I'm trusting that you will ask the Holy Spirit for the spirit of revelation knowledge and the fear of the Lord, to Him to release that into your heart and begin to work in your life, To bring about a righteous fear of God. Not a fear that God is angry with you and mad at you. All that's just, you know, the perversion. But a fear where you'd greatly honor God and greatly respect God. uh, Like you would want your child to honor you. How many people in this room feel when somebody dishonors you how hurtful it is to you? Especially your children. It's hurtful to you. How much more when we dishonor God it's hurtful to Him when we dishonor Him. And there's many ways we can dishonor Him, but it's a lack of fear of the Lord that causes us to do many things that bring dishonor to the Lord. You know, I've always thought about this with the Lord. The Lord really is not concerned. People are like, oh, that's going to make God look bad. God don't really give a rip about people making Him look bad. Because He can take care of Himself. But one thing He cares about is the way His children treat Him. The way we treat God, when we dishonor and don't give Him the respect due Him, that is hurtful to God, just like it hurts you and I as a parent when our, when our children don't treat us the way they're, they're, we were raised them to treat us with respect and each other with respect and honor each other. You know, God really wants us to have that, and the Holy Spirit will certainly do that if you will ask Him. All you've got to do is ask Him. Well, the dark fear is something that we're all battling right now, and uh, if you think about fear, fear is a powerful motivator. How many inventions in the world came out of fear? Uh, like, for instance, weapons. Nobody invented a weapon just to go hunting. They went, people invented weapons because they were afraid. That's a major invention in the world. I mean, nobody's going to go hunting with a daggone uh, jet fighter, right? I mean, they're going to go hunting for another person. You see, fear drives mankind more than we realize it drives innovation. Fear drives innovation. It drives many of the choices you and I make. And when we begin to really see that we're being driven by fear and controlled by fear, it's an evil. It's an evil brought about because of the fall. I wanted to read this little thing here. Any people know who Max Lucado is? Anybody who know Max? Max can write stuff that nobody else in the world can write and say it. I just, you know, some of it's a little bit overwhelming to me So far as, so full of flowery words, but I just love this thing he wrote that I read on fear. I want to read this to you. Uh, fear, it seems, has taken a hundred-year lease on the building next door and set up shop. Oversized and rude, unwilling to share the heart with happiness. Happiness complies. Do you ever see the two together? Can one be happy and afraid at the same time? Clear thinking and afraid? Confident and afraid? Merciful and afraid? No. Fear is the big bully in the high school hallway. Brash, loud, and unproductive. For all the noise fear makes and room it takes, fear does little good. Fear never wrote a sympathy or poem, negotiated a peace treaty or cured a disease. Fear never poured a family out of poverty or a country out of bigotry. Fear never saved a marriage or a business. Love did that. That was mine. <laughs> he had something else in there. I thought, uh-uh, that ain't right. I said, love did that. Faith did that. Hope did that. People who refuse to consult or cower to the, their, their own fear did that. People who refuse to allow fear to control their lives people who made the most difference in this world. But fear itself, fear leads us into the prison of unlocked doors. And I'm telling you what, I am really concerned about some people in this room. Because I see fear on you. I see you're being consumed by fear. And it's like you're, you're anxious, you're fearful, you're depressed. And the door that you feel like you're engaged in is really unlocked. To be clear, I'm going on with Max. Fear serves a healthy function. It is the canary in the coal mine, warning of potential danger. A dose of fright can keep a child from running across a busy road or an adult from smoking a pack of cigarettes. I don't know, man. I know a lot of people who know about cigarettes who smoke them like, you know. (laughs) But it kept me from smoking them. My fear for cigarettes was this I'd been smoking them for a few years, and one morning I got up and coughed, and this black stuff came out of my mouth. And I thought, I'm going to die. (laughs) <laughs> I quit smoking right then. Because <laughs> I had just seen on the back of a certain magazine, I won't tell you the name of it because it was hideous, a healthy healthy lung and a lung ate up with cancer. And the lung ate the with cancer like a burnt piece of wood. And I thought, oh, that's what's coming out of me. I must, you know. <laughs> uh, so I was scared into, that was before I became a believer. So I didn't have to deal with smoking when I became a believer. I had other things. Though. <laughs> yeah. Fear is the appropriate reaction to a burning building or growling dog. Fear itself is not a sin, but it can lead to sin. Fear itself is not a sin, but it can lead to sin. If we treat fear with angry outbursts, drinking binges, sowing withdrawals, self-starvation or, vice, or vice-like control, we exclude God from the solution and make the problem bigger. We subject ourselves to a position of fear allowing anxiety to dominate and define our lives. Somebody needs to listen to that. Joy-sapping worries, day-numbing dread, repeated bouts with insecurity that petrify and paralyze us. That's what fear does to people. I think one of the things we need to... I'm through with Max... Bless him, Lord. <laughs> I think one thing that we all really need to understand but spiritually is this, and spiritually, like, attract. You know, in the natural, supposedly, and it really is the truth, uh, opposites attract. Okay? Now, I'm attracted to Becky. I was never really attracted to Marlon. Okay? <laughs> Becky attracted me. But the spirit world is opposite. And the spirit world, like, attracts, like. God, angels... Are attracted to godly things. The devil is attracted to bad things. The devil's like a fly. He's attracted to filth. He's attracted to nastiness. He's attracted to open wounds. That's what the devil is. So what Christians need to understand is, is fear. Even though it's not a sin, it can lead to sin. You can, if you are ate up with fear, eventually you are going to attract a spirit of fear into your life and it goes beyond just a thing called fear, emotion called fear, a sensation called fear to a spirit working in your life. Now, I think that's really where we got to pay attention because our fears can become a spirit of fear working in our life, and then you're not just dealing with, with this emotion of fear and these feelings of fear, you're dealing with a demonic spirit that is very powerful and has to be dealt with on a spiritual plane. There's no amount of talk, you can't talk a person out of that. You can counsel them to the, you know, to the cows come home, and they may be all right until the next morning, and then they're right back. There has to be something that breaks the power of that thing in their life. Um, you, uh, I don't know if y'all remember. And I went from Max Lucado, now I'm going to Bob Jones. So <laughs> kind of two ends of the spectrum. Uh, years, Bob Jones came to this church, and he said the same thing over and over. This church, I said, what in the world, man? What are you talking about? He said, There's something coming. Hot dog. Then he said, And you have no right to it. He said that to us for years. There's something coming, and you have no right to it. And this is what he said depression, anxiety, fear, and panic was coming. Depression, anxiety, fear, and panic. I think that word has come true I think I think when we look at the world that's what the world's looking at I think people are afraid I think Christians are afraid I think people are depressed I think people have never I've never seen such a hopeless people people have lost hope because, like we were talking, a lot of Christians have lost confidence in our government. We don't trust the government no more. In fact, when four Supreme Court justices are saying to the believers, you are going to be persecuted over this, I'm talking about they ruling on the same-sex marriage, the four who came in, they, they warned the Christians, you're going to be persecuted over this. It's coming your way. So, you know, it's created a lot of negative things. And so I think that word from Bob is something we really need to pay attention. We don't have a right. We don't have a right to fear. We don't have a right to depression. We don't have a right to anxiety. We don't have a right to panic. And when those things start coming at us, we've got to know, I don't have a right to partake in this. See, the world may be full of them, but your heart doesn't have to be full of them. Let me say that one thing. The world may be full of depression, anxiety, and fear, and panic, but your heart does not have to be full of them. It does not have to be full of them. And it's up to us. We have to make some choices and decisions about this. Let me read... Uh, now I'm switching gear a little bit. Let me read Genesis 3.10. I just want to talk about fear just a little bit in the next 12 minutes. I've read somewhere that what people want today in church, they want it to start on time and end on time. I'm serious. That's what the majority of things people said they wanted out of church. Ninety percent of the people are like, this is what we want in church. If you said you're going to start a hen, you need to start and you need to finish it this time. So I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> Genesis 3.10. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. Of course, that's Adam after he, he and Eve ate the tree of knowledge and good and evil. And it's the first time, and he ran from God, he ran from the voice of the Lord for the first time in his life. He had spent all his life up to that moment, you know, with that voice, and and partaking with that voice, and walking with that voice, and suddenly he's afraid of that voice. He runs from the voice. So it's the first time man ever experienced this feeling, this emotion of fear, was when man fell. And... The crazy thing about it, nothing had changed in, in terms of him being naked. He had been naked all his life. He had, you know, he was the original nudist colony guy, or whatever they call him nowadays. They call him something else, I think. You know. Naturist, I think is what they call people like. He was the original naturist. He was born that way and he lived that way before God all his life and him as a wife. But now he's saying suddenly. I'm afraid because I'm naked. I'm naked. You see, fear doesn't need some, it isn't even an experience. It needs no basis for anything for it to really work in your life. Fear is, is, is the most, it can be the most, irra- it's more irrational than God's, than God is. It's a counterfeit irrationality. Many people fear things. There's no, there's no reason for them to fear them. Like children, there's no, you would tell your kids, there's nothing in there. There's nothing under your bed. But in their mind, there's something under the bed. That's how fear works. And that's how fear was working on man. Because why? Because that was the first time he had ever seen himself apart from God. You see, that's where fear comes into our life. It's when we begin to think, when we begin to believe, when we begin to act apart from God's input into our life. And that's how fear gets a hold of us. That's where fear comes in. Is we look at ourselves and we feel like, and this is what fear does. It makes us feel inadequate. It feels like we don't measure up. Everybody in this room's felt that at one time in your life. You felt like you didn't measure up. You didn't feel like you were good enough. You didn't feel like you were going to make it. Because you were seeing yourself and believing something about yourself that was not what God believed about you. And what God felt about you. Are y'all okay? You're looking at me mean. <laughs> Anybody ever felt fear about, I don't really matter? I mean, we all feel that. I don't matter. Nothing I do is going to matter. My life doesn't really matter. People kill themselves over fear. Fear makes you smaller and smaller and smaller as a person. It doesn't make you big. It makes you small. It makes you insignificant. Fear is like a projection. You ever, this is, I know many of you have had this experience. You're at work and your boss calls you, hey, I need to see you. First thing you're thinking, I'm getting fired. (laughs) What in the heck? And so you sit around, when can we meet? Well, we'll meet Tuesday at 3. That's next week. I've got (laughs) to spend the next four days worrying about getting fired. And then you go in and say, hey, I'm I'm thinking about this new initiative and I was really wondering if you would lead it for me. Uh, yeah. (laughs) I knew there was something good coming out of this conversation. But see, fear projects something. That's what it does. It projects something into the future. It projects something that's going to happen. Here's all fear needs. This is how fear operates in y'all. All it needs is this little projection that tomorrow is not going to be as good as today. And when we begin to think that our tomorrow is not going to be as good as our today, then fear is working in our life. Yeah, that's how it gets you. I'm going to lose my job. I have a job right now. Today's good, but next Tuesday I'm going to get fired. Tomorrow's not as good as today. Have you ever feared something that didn't happen? Anybody not had that experience? That's why everybody's really scared now about what's going to happen in the USA. A lot of that's projection. We're projecting something's going to happen. So how do we deal with fear? Anybody want to know? I'm just throwing some thoughts here. Well, here's one thing. I think we can fear less tomorrow than we do today. I just believe that's what the Bible teaches. We can fear less. We should be fearing less. Okay, so how do you deal with fear? This is amazing. Let me read this Matthew 10. And i got just enough time to do this. Matthew 10, if you look at Matthew 10 as a whole, you know what my Bible says, the headline over it? Jesus telling his disciples about hard times coming. That's what it's telling Hard times are coming. Jesus, i got to warn you guys, you're going to have some difficulties. There's going to be some hard days ahead for you. That's what it was. But then he says, and this is how you did it. He goes through this whole thing, And I'm just going to read this in Matthew 10, 27. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and whatever you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Listen, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Don't be afraid of them. But rather fear Him. See, He's saying this is one of the keys for not fear, is have a righteous fear of the Lord in your heart. Okay, and this is what we need now. This is what the church needs. But fear Him who's able to destroy the body and soul Both the soul and body in hell. Listen to this. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your Father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear. Therefore, you are more valuable than sparrows. Do you get that? Two things. One, the fear of the Lord. You need, Here's what he's saying, you need to fear God in your life. Second thing is, you don't need courage. You don't need confidence. You don't, this is what you need. You need a revelation of how much you're worth to God. Because that is what's going to keep fear out of your house. And see, people who are ate up with fear lack a revelation of how much they're worth to God. They lack a revelation of how much God loves them and how much God has given for them. And so that's the question you've got to ask yourself this morning about your fears. I want to read this uh, first. uh, Well, uh, Paul prayed this prayer in Ephesians 1 about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And part of the prayer was this, that we would know the glorious inheritance we are in Christ. How God looks at us How much God values us and loves us. Paul was saying, we have to know that. If you don't know that, you'll be consumed by fear. If if we don't have that revelation working in our life, fear is going to get a hold of us. 1 John 4.18 is a famous uh, verse on fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Only love, not courage, frees us from fear. Courage does fears, frees no one from fear, but the love of God, a revelation of God's love, is the thing that can free you and set you free today from the fears that are eating at your life. Okay, we live in. This is one, something I wrote down. I thought was good. I wrote it down so I could remember it. We live in the fear because there's an absence of love in our lives, and that creates a place for fear. The place where there's no love in your life, there's going to be fear that attaches itself to that place. Are you all okay? Fear is very powerful, but it's powerless against the love of God. Now, that's the truth. Fear is powerful, but it's powerless against a, the true revelation of God's love. When we give God our fears, He, play, he doesn't replace them with courage. He replaces them with love. That's the divine exchange. Is when we release our fears to God, God will pour His love into us and fill that place. All other masters on earth and the spiritual realm—this is my little thought here—control our soul with fears. All ma- all earthly masters. That's how we control people. That's how we control situations. It's through fear. You don't do your job, you're going to lose your job, or we're going to cut your pay. All that's fear-based. See, God leads us and shepherds our hearts with his love. He doesn't control us with fear. Now, what we had to do is, in our lives, invite God into that place where we're fearing. And we're really inviting God to be our master in that place, to be our Lord in that place. Because, see, that was what happened to Adam, is he broke himself off from the Lordship of God and that caused fear to come in. And the way we fix that space is go back and resubmit ourselves to the Lord. I wanted to tell you this. Uh, I think there's a, a generational curse of fear that works in families. And and the reason I know that is uh, I'm, I'm, I had one of the best mamas you would ever have. You, you may say yours was better, but I didn't know your mama, so... <laughs> But my mama was awesome. My mama would wait on you hand and foot. If, if you were sick or you needed something, she was there for you. Now, if you talk back to her, she might nail you with a broom handle, but that's another, another topic. But she, I knew my mama loved me, but my mama had one terrible fault in her life. It's my mama was consumed with fear. Consumed with fear. She was afraid of everything, and she, a lot of her life decisions were made because of fear, and it hindered her because she, I feel like, when I look back at my mom, I feel like she had so much to give, and so much that she could have d- impacted people's lives, but the fear kept her back, the fear held her back, it made her life little, and it made her, and it made the way she, she raised us as children, it, it affected us, I really didn't realize the Lord had to reveal this to me, He revealed it to me in a dream, and I and I didn't know what the dream meant. And he said, Well, that was all that was going on in the dream was because of your mama's fear, the fear she created in the home about life. And so I had to break that spirit of fear off of me. Okay? I had to I had to deal with the spirit of fear because it wasn't just that fear became a spirit that operated and controlled me, my fam, my my siblings. And I think that's one thing that God wants to do is is sometimes there's a spirit That we have. Um, So I wanted to pray for people this morning that feel like they got that through their family. The other thing is, I just want to challenge us this morning. You know, in your life right now, if you were paying attention to this at all, I guarantee you thought about an area of your life where there's fear. Okay? You see, that was the Holy Spirit putting his finger on that area and asking you today if you're willing... If you're willing to give God mastery of that area. Because that's really the only way you're going to overcome that. Is you're going to have to let God in there. I guarantee you this. There's people in this room that have hidden sin in their life. And you're scared to death to tell anybody. Because you feel like if you tell, it's going to do you in. And that's a lie. And the Lord doesn't want you to live like that because you're being blackmailed by the devil. The best thing you can ever do is find somebody that's trustworthy and say, this is what's going on in my life. I want to get free of it. I don't want to live in this dark shadow no more in my life. I want out. And God will, God will honor that. God will help you. And I think the church in America needs to get delivered about fear of the future. And quit seeing, like, we're going down, we're, you know, well, if we don't go down, you know, that, that doesn't mean we're going down. That means the world's going down. We don't have to go down. We really don't. It doesn't mean we have to go down. If we are really, really connected with God and letting God be the Lord of our lives and allowing His love to come in. So, I believe right now is a time for that word about your anxiety, and about your depression, and about your fear. And some of you even have have the ones who are suffering with panic attacks. I believe the word that Bob gave is for now is you don't have a right to any of that. And I think you're going to have to decide, do you have a right to be afraid? Or do you have a right to be depressed? Or do you have a right to be anxious? awful quiet yeah Uh, huh everybody deals with it yeah yeah one time um, I had a dream I've had lots of dreams one time I had a dream I've had so many (laughs) dreams it's crazy but in the dream I was I was away uh, at a retreat with some guys and I had this dream and there's a friend of mine who I had worked with who had died about a year earlier. And he came jogging up to me. I said, John, what are you doing here? This is in the dream. He said, somebody's about to die. That was the end of the dream. I wake up that next morning. I get a phone call from a very close friend. And he said, Byron, I just had this terrible dream that Becky died in a car accident. And I called... Your house in the dream, and Becky's sister answered. He said, it, and I literally called your house, and Becky's sister answered. Now you talking about you talking about scared? You talking about somebody who was just I was I was flipping, I was flipping out because the last thing I wanted to happen, and for months, every time Becky would leave the house, this fear would grip my heart that something was going to happen to her, she was going to die. And one day I just said, Lord, I just can't do this, nor I can't live in fear. You've got to do something. You've got to do something. And you know what the Lord told me? He said, I already did it. He said, the moment you prayed, the moment you prayed that it wasn't going to happen, that it wasn't my heart, I did something. I broke that lie. I broke that commission of the enemy. You're free. And see, that's what we got to believe. We've got to believe when we pray and say, no, this is not going to happen to my children. This is not, I'm not going to live like this. I'm not going to do this. God hears those prayers. So I want to just pray for you. Here's what I want to do. If you feel like, I just want to pray this. If you feel that you have... A spirit of fear working in your life. I want you to stand up. And I know it might be embarrassing. Don't be. Just stand up. If you have a spirit. Of, you feel like you have a spirit of fear. If it came through your family. You know, or if it just, you know, you just got it because you just. You've got it because you have coddled fear in your life. And you've let it have its way in your life. And, you, and it's just been a thing in your life. If that's, if that's you. Because I want to really pray for you and ask the Lord to, to free you. Of a spirit because you 're dealing with something that 's not just natural you 're dealing with something that's powerful you know and needs needs the Lord the power of God the power of god 's love to break that thing God has not given us a spirit of fear the bible declares that 's the first thing we need to know that 's the truth God has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of love power and a sound mind that 's the Bible okay so if you have that spirit we're going you know it didn 't come from God it ain't god 's fault you know it, didn't, it came from the From the wrong place. So I'm going to pray a simple prayer. Father, I thank you today, Lord, that in Christ we have been freed from every curse because the scripture declares that he who hangs on a tree is a curse. And Lord, we believe today that Christ became the curse for us, that Christ suffered the ultimate fear of, of being abused and being murdered and going in and facing death. And so, Lord, I'm praying now in the name of the Lord, by the authority of the cross, by the authority of the name of the risen Christ, that you break this fear off in your children. You say this. Say, I renounce, I renounce a, spirit of fear. a spirit of fear. You no longer have authority in my life. You no have in my life. I, condemn you. I condemn you. Your commission is broken over me. I refuse to listen to you any longer. When you open your mouth, you can expect my mouth to open and I'm going to tell you to shut up. I'm going to talk you down because I am free in Christ. So I just say no more in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to come now. I'm asking you to fill my heart where that fear has resided with the Father's love. That I would know the love of God in Christ. That I would be rooted deeply and grounded in God's love. I declare that's my portion today. Perfect love cast out fear. Fear, you hear that? You're gone in the name of Jesus. Amen. You. Now, you get to live this, because you're going to be tempted to fear. Yeah. yeah. That's a good song, isn't it? Now, a lot of us live to fear. Thank you, Lord. Yeah.
1: I want to sh- share um, something really cool that's happened. We're probably just like everybody else. Oh, man, it made me look cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we're like a lot of people. We're looking at the times, we're looking at the signs, and we're thinking about these things and saying, what should we be doing? Um, and this is really, really interesting. My, my family, my father's family, and my father are from Romania. And I had a very, very religious grandmother who died before I was born. But the talks that I remember my mother telling me about her was she was so religious, and she always wore an apron. And she would pin her handkerchief to her apron on the Sabbath because she didn't want God to think she was working by carrying her handkerchief. That's how religious she was. And so I always grew up with that story. Well, I've been talking about how one of the things about the Jews during the Holocaust was that they didn't see the signs and prepare themselves. And they didn't believe even what was happening when it was happening. And Lizzie calls me one day. And now, of course, Lizzie lives in Hawaii. She hasn't been hearing any of this stuff. But I've been saying how my grandmother had the wisdom, as Hitler was coming to power, to smuggle her whole family by herself, a widow with six kids, through the Holland Underground and made it to Ellis Island and to America. And I've been saying this as we've been talking a lot. Well, then Lizzie calls me and she said, I had a dream last night. And in the dream, I was in Romania. And the Black Sea was out there. Well, I had to look it up on Google to see where the Black Sea was, and guess what? It's in Romania. So she has this, and she didn't know that either. So she has this dream that she's there, and they are saying that a storm is coming, a bad storm. But the people were saying there's a barrier outside of our town, and it was built to keep the waves out. So it's okay if a storm comes. We'll be protected. And besides that, the building that she was in was further back from the barriers, and she was way up high. Well, there was a old woman making biscuits wearing an apron covered in flour with her. Well, the storms did come and the sea started to go up and everybody felt like they were protected behind the, par- the barrier. And then the waves came over the barrier and started bringing all these people out to sea because their trust was in the barrier. But there were those people in the building with her that said, we still don't need to worry." because we're even further back and we're in a building and we're high up and the waves would never get this high. And she said, and the next thing, the waves came over top of that building and it was the black waves of the Black Sea and it sucked everybody and everything out to sea in that building but her and Shay. Because the trust they had was in a barrier or the trust they had was that they were further back or they were higher up. But Lizzie and Shay's trust was in the Lord. And so even though things happened, they were still safe. They were secure because they didn't trust in the things they could see or touch. They trusted in the invisible God, and they were safe even when they happened. And my little Romanian grandmother was there with them.
0: <laughs> That's great. Trust in the Lord. Um, Steve had a word. That There's probably a couple peer people here that... You feel like giving up, even to the point of killing yourself, suicide. So if that's you, I'm not going to ask you to stand up, but I would love to pray for you. And I have prayed for three people in this room that were going to leave this building and go home and kill themselves. And every one of them are alive and prospering today. Not because of my prayer, well, my prayer, yes, but it was really because the power of God had a future for those people. And God has a future for everybody in this room and a plan for everybody in this room and does not want any person in this room to take their life because God has kept you alive to live. He has kept you alive for life, not death. And so if you are that person, you come see me and I'll be glad to pray with you and God will deliver you from that. And can we have the ministry team to come up?